When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. Excited for a road trip? Start it off right with auto coverage from American Family Insurance. J.D. Power ranked us number one in customer satisfaction with the auto insurance shopping experience among mid-size insurers. Get a quote at amfam.com. American Family Insurance. For J.D. Power 2021 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, on the Exxon TV show, coming soon to screens of all sizes. On the Exxon TV show, we'll investigate UFOs, ghosts, alien abductions, demonic possession, psychic phenomenon, angels, lake monsters, Bigfoot, unsolved mysteries, and all subject matter from within the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology and much, much more. The Exxon TV Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, www.xzonetv.com, is a Relmar McConnell Media Company and Airplay Media Production. Unwilling to be the government's deadly assassin, gifted psychic Kahara Mitchell went AWOL and ended up buried under rubble in the wake of a great tsunami. She regained consciousness far from Earth on the medical ship of a Dagaronian intergalactic fleet. Has she been rescued or abducted by aliens? The Chalice of Carrie, Kahira O'Donnell's latest paranormal science fiction romance, is the passionate story of an Earth woman and her destined mates, twin kings from another galaxy. Kahara uses her gifts fighting alongside Lords Rom and Ra in a war that will determine the destiny of galaxies. The Chalice of Kari by Kahira O'Donnell is now available at kahiraodonnell.com or at amazon.com. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell.
Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 800-610-7035. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On all social media sites, TV. And you can always listen to the Exxon Radio Show, 724-365 at www.exxoneradiotv.com. And if you'd like to see our premiere episode from Season 1, Episode number 5 of the Exxon TV Show, www.exxonetv.com. Exxon Nation, have you ever heard of the Ganja Godfather? Well, we're going to be talking about the untold story of New York City's weed weed kingpin this hour. My guest is Toby Rogers, and he's the author of Ambushed Secrets. Uh, His first book, I should say, was entitled Ambush, Secrets of the Bush Family. It was featured in newspapers and magazines in America and internationally. The New York Times described Toby as a hell of a journalist and ambushed as very impressive top-notch stuff. His new book that we're going to be talking about tonight is entitled The Gone to Godfather. Joining me now is Toby Rogers. And Toby, welcome to the Exxon. Thanks for having me, Rob. Toby, who is the Ganja Godfather? Oh, that's a that's the million-dollar question. Hmm. Um, the Ganja Godfather uh, is, uh, I can't give you his first name for obvious reasons. Right. And it's not in the book either. Um, but he is part of what is known as the Ebley crime family. And... Uh, it's one of the big families in New York. Um, they operate within the, the larger Genovese crime family, which was um, started in the uh, uh, late 20th century, uh, I mean early 20th century, and um, uh, was broken up in the 80s pretty much. But, you know, as all things, it reformed in, in a much smaller scale. Um, but um, the Ganja Godfather himself um, is a is – a, marijuana dealer in New York City, and um, he has a operations on uh, downtown Manhattan and the Upper West Side, and uh, he has other things going on too, other uh, hustles, uh, as they say in New York City, um, and uh, I uh, was able to obtain access to his his life and also everything he does on a day-to-day basis, and uh, I thought it'd make an interesting story. You know, you've had a long track record of getting deep into your stories firsthand. You've talked to the famous, the infamous, and people and uncovered dangerous facts. Now, how do you balance the risk uh, with your journalistic responsibilities to tell a true story? Um, you know, that's a very good question. Um, it's, uh, since in between Ambushed and The Ganja Godfather, mm-hmm. I've, had a, I've had a daughter. And so, yes, the, the, um, it's much different. When Ambushed first came out, I actually received uh, numerous death threats, um, even by individuals whose family members were in Skull and Bones, believe it or not. Wow. And, wow. Uh, and they weren't over the phone or anything. They was in person, um, and the police came. But um, so far, nothing's happened. I've, I've known this, this particular family for just about 30 years, and um, I went to school um, with who I call, his, his name in the book is Silvio, um, we went to high school together, and I've known him um, since the '80s, and uh, so it's kind of a kind of a personal relationship as well as a um, as well as work, you know, journalistic one. And um, 
So the balance has so far been pretty easy. Um, mm -hmm. There was, there's been magazine excerpts and um, recently, and everything's pretty easy breezy this time. It was with the Bush family things got all crazy, believe it or not. The mafia, not so much. Hmm. Um, so was your reason for writing the Ganja Godfather based on your personal relationship with uh, with this person? Well, it's a little bit of it's it's it, it weaves in both the personal and the historical, mm -hmm. uh, Rob. It's um, it really does have both, and it's uh, it's it's pretty balanced within the book. There's a lot of personal firsthand accounts of of my my growing up with uh, Silvio Ebley, but also um, being introduced to his crim the criminal underworld um, as an adult. So yes, it does it does uh, it, it covers both time periods. For certain. All right, Toby, please stand by. Thank you very much for joining us tonight and uh, look forward to spending this hour with you. Exo Nation, my guest this hour is Toby Rogers. He's the author of a book that's pro it's going to be a, a great book, great sale, great topic these days, The Ganja Godfather. More information on how you can get this book is now available at Amazon.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue talking about the Ganja Godfather with our guest this hour, Toby Rogers, right here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget you can listen to the X-Zone 724-365 at www.xzoneradiotv.com and the all-new X-Zone TV show at xzonetv.com. Toby and I will be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. 
It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, on the Exxon TV show, coming soon to screens of all sizes. On the Exxon TV show, we'll investigate UFOs, ghosts, alien abductions, demonic possession, psychic phenomenon, angels, lake monsters, Bigfoot, unsolved mysteries, and all subject matter from within the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology and much, much more. The Exxon TV Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, www.xzonetv.com, is a Relmar McConnell Media Company and Airplay Media Production. Welcome back, everyone. Toby Rogers is our special guest this hour. And Toby is an award-winning author and investigative journalist. He has written for the New York Times, New York Post, Village Voice, High Times, Clamor Magazine, and Houston's Public News. He's been featured on MSNBC's Countdown with Keith Olbermann, Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman, as well as the National Enquirer. He was a consultant and featured in HBO's Horns and Halos documentary. We're talking about Toby's new book this hour here in the X-Zone, The Ganja Godfather, which is available at Amazon.com. Toby, what was it like hanging around The Ganja Godfather, uh, not only as a young gentleman going to high school with him, but in his role as, in quotation marks, The Ganja Godfather? Yeah, right. Well... Um, you know, he hasn't changed much uh, over the years, but uh, you know, truthfully, I as much as long as I have known him and as close as we were mm-hmm. or are, I didn't know about all this mafia stuff up until maybe 2009. So, I mean, I, I kind of suspected it, but wasn't really sure. Um, but um, I, I mean, I, I could even tell you, I I used to work for him um, uh, in, in the 90s. And it was all under my nose. I, I had no idea what was hmm. going on, Bob. It was uh, um, uh, when I when I it, it kind of all came together in 2009 when he finally told me the whole story. But um, it was, uh, uh, I guess, um, uh, in, introducing me into the criminal world of New York City was quite an extraordinary experience, to say the least. And um, you know, there was a lot of um, a lot going on, to say the least. <laughs> and uh, um, honestly, I, he, mm-hmm. they handle it fine. Uh, I'm the one who 
seem to be a little more stressed about it. Uh, there's a lot of late nights, a lot mm-hmm. of things going on, um, which we can get into, obviously. Sure. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you name it, I saw it. Uh, you know, not, Although I don't, I don't want to portray or even, um, uh, I guess, uh, give the impression that uh, that Silvio is some kind of villain. Um, he's actually a very compassionate person uh and has a wife and family and is a great father so um i guess there's it really does the, the personal in the business really mm-hmm. is separate you know let in me that a, kind let, of sociopathic way you let, know? Me, let me ask you this uh, toby when we think of organized crime the mafia we think of tv shows like the sopranos the movie the goodfellows is this what their life is really like or is this just sensationalistic hollywood entertaining people you know, in some ways it's very dull and not like the movies, and in other ways it's even hairier than the movies. Wow! You know, so um, it just—it's kind of like the military. You know, like it's the way they say, like roll in and wait. It's kind of mm-hmm. a lot of that. Um, but when it's when it's hot, uh, Rob, it's red hot, and uh, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. Um, there was an incident with a, what they call a BCO. I don't know if you heard of a BCO job. No, I don't. What, uh, what is a BCO? Uh, <laughs> that's what they say in the <clears throat> to each other. I see. Uh, but what, it's code for what they call barrel cement ocean. Ah. And that's what they do with people that cross them, you know. And that has to be pretty egregious. It's not just you know. It, it's a lot of it's a lot of expense and um, and a lot of time and a lot of stress. So it's only done in the most serious of situations. Um, and yes, I did get to, I did witness one. Um, but, um, wait a second, wait a second, hold on here, hold on here. Let's back up a little bit. You actually witnessed somebody given cement slippers and tossed into the ocean? Uh, they weren't, no, no, (laughs) they weren't cut into slivers. No, that wasn't the, I uh, said slippers, slippers, cement slippers. Oh, well, it was actually a, it was a plastic barrel uh, about, you know, like the kind you get uh, at, like you know, like at a at a, at a bakery that the the uh, you know like brings in. It was like a kind of like a flower. Right. Okay. Type. Okay. Um, and uh, yes, I, I I I did go. It was actually an internal issue. Mm-hmm. It was a family issue, and um, I had to rework it in the book in order to get it. You know, in order to get it published. You know, we couldn't go explain. Everything had to be worked, date, sequence, everything. Um, so it didn't go do- go down as exactly as I wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, it was a it was an internal family dispute that wow. was pretty um, that was pretty dramatic, and it happened really quick. The worst thing that happens uh, in my family when there's a dispute, we just don't talk to the person for a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, when it involves robbing hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash. Yeah. And a uh, uh, younger sister, you know, being molested as a child, uh, things can the, the the level this you know things get really get operatic to be to say the least. I understand there were also connections with Bernie Madoff as well as JFK in the, your uh, dealings with this uh, with this family, this organization. Yes. Correct. Well, uh, Silvio's um, uh, wife uh, worked with Bernie Madoff, mm-hmm. um, 
at, in in New York at the uh, the old Lipstick Building, and um, there was a romantic interest between uh, Madoff and Silvio's wife, uh, and uh, Bernie had made. Uh, was seriously courting her and was probably the main reason why I hired her. She was an Israeli model. And um, um, Silvio ended up becoming a uh, um, Bernie's dealer was basically what happened. Although Bernie had several dealers, but Silvio was one of many. And um, um, in terms of JFK, uh, we're talking about a different generation of this family. And uh, we're talking about uh, Tommy Ebley who was the, at the time of the Kennedy assassination, was the underboss for the Genovese, or I'm sorry, front boss for the Genovese crime family. Uh, Vito Genovese was, um, got the um, Genovese crime family into narcotics behind uh, Lucky Luciano's back, who was in um, hiding, not hiding, but was in exile in Sicily at the time. Uh, Luciano didn't want it to happen. Um, Vito Genovese went ahead and did it anyway, and sure enough, Luciano and what they call the commission set Vito Genovese up. So while Vito Genovese was in jail, Tommy Eboli was what they called the front boss or acting boss. And so um, this happened during the Kennedy assassination. And I guess being a big mob boss in New York City, uh, Tommy Eboli heard a lot about the Kennedy assassination. One of the things that um, struck me that I heard, I never met Tommy Ebley, but mm-hmm. things that the family told me that he said to them while he was alive, is that uh, John F. Kennedy, the the third and fa- fatal shot um, of the um, in Daly Plaza on November twenty second, nineteen sixty three, was actually came from the follow up car yeah. to the president from a Secret Service agent who was carrying an AR fifteen. That is true. And, um, it's, uh, it's a pretty interesting fact yeah. that considering that he was talking about that decades ago, um, uh, I, I found it quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And if you look back at the Warren Commission, if you look at all the, the volumes, there are interesting things that point to that. I'm not yes, necessarily that's right. saying that that's what happened. Yeah. But there's certainly a lot of evidence that points in that direction. You know, there's there's a great book that's written by a gentleman that we've had the pleasure of having on the show. His name is Bonar Menninger. And the, mm-hmm. and the title of the book is Mortal Error. And it's all about this Secret Service agent who accidentally shot President Kennedy. And it's a, it's a great story. And uh, it's also backed up by ballistics excerpts from the Warren Commission. So if right. you're interested, uh, that would be a great book to confirm you whatever know, you've been told. The word you said there, uh, Rob, was accident. Yeah. And um, I, I may be wrong, but I, I, I could have sworn that the individual, they, the same individual that I pointed to, mm-hmm. George Hickey, who's now passed away in 2005, right. I believe. Yep. Um, I believe he successfully sued that book. I can't remember. There was a settlement. I can't remember yep. the whole story. Um, but uh, he waited. It was he waited till the. When the first he waited two uh, several years. Yeah, he waited too long. A, yeah, waited the, till yeah, yeah, and then he waited till a second printing came out. So it was very shady the whole thing, and um, uh, but no, I actually the, the assertion of Tommy Ebley is that it was not an accident, and that it was actually a deliberate. Um, well, the ballistic the ballistic reports 
from a, a senior pathologist and forensic uh, investigator kind of concluded the same thing, that when the Secret Service heard the second shot that actually hit Kennedy, the agent was standing up in the back of the car. The driver put his foot on the gas to get up to the Kennedy's car as fast as he could. The guy holding the AR-15 slipped back, and as he was losing his balance, fired the shot, and bang, goodbye. Accidentally, you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that, that very may well be Hey, so. who knows? Um, it's still one of the greatest mysteries going. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. And uh, he also was very suspicious of the Bobby Kennedy assassination mm-hmm. um, at the, in 1968, yep. and he... Uh, Family told he told family that security was in on that one too, um, and I didn't I didn't really elaborate too much in the book about that. But there was something about Kent, Bobby Kennedy in the kitchen falling down on a security guard, and that particular security guard fired right into his head, and that's what the um, the coroner report stated. And then the, the state fired him, um, and then reinstated him later. But if you, I don't know if you but I, all that. yeah, well, you know, I, I've I've heard it, but when you look at the videotape, and you see it happened in plain view that he wasn't in a kitchen, he was in the hall, and you could actually see the person coming up towards Kennedy and firing. So it's, you know, when it comes to the Kennedys, you know, there's always a controversy. There's always a conspiracy theory. Look what look what happened with Ted Kennedy when he drove off the road and the girl drowned. Correct. <laughs> Jeez, you know, if, if that family didn't have bad luck, they wouldn't have any luck at all. And, and John F. Kennedy Jr., 1999. That's right. Toby, you yeah. and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. I just want to thank you so much for joining us, and I wish you very much success with your book. I don't think you're going to need my help in getting that. But I oh, look forward to uh, chatting with you on the other side of this news break, so please stand by. Nation. Toby Rogers is our very special guest this hour. He's the author of The Ganja Godfather, the untold story of NYC's Weed Kingpin. It's available right now on Amazon.com. And when we come back on the other side of this break, we're going to talk to Toby more about The Ganja Kingpin and what he may have seen, heard, and experienced while hanging around his friend, and the Ganja Godfather. I'll be back on the other side of this break here in the X-Zone. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, on the Exxon TV show, coming soon to screens of all sizes. On the Exxon TV show, we'll investigate UFOs, ghosts, alien abductions, demonic possession, psychic phenomenon, angels, lake monsters, Bigfoot, unsolved mysteries, and all subject matter from within the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology and much, much more. The X-Zone TV Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, www.xzonetv.com, is a Relmar McConnell Media Company and Airplay Media Production. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? 
Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag, both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. That's www.whentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com. Welcome back, everyone. Toby Rogers is our special guest this hour. He is the author of The Ganja Godfather, the untold story of NYC's Weed Kingpin. It's available at Amazon.com. What's going to happen now, Toby, if marijuana is legalized right across the U.S.? What happens to the Ganja Kingpin at that time? Uh, the Ganja Godfather yep. shut down. Um, that's basically the uh, end game for him. He, he's actually been seeing that for a while. Or it's, suspecting that would be the case <clears throat> and he's looking himself to you know he's got a clean record so he could easily get into the legit business he's got the money to do it as well so um i think that's that's probably the direction he would go he would go legit or he may not he may uh he may have to he may be shut down altogether may not be uh you know not be able to do it so um but yeah i mean the what's happening out west in washington state and colorado in terms of legalizing marijuana um, it doesn't shut down drug dealers. There's still it's you can still available on the street, um, but what it does is it gives m most people an alternative to that. And uh, so yes, it does it does augment things significantly. What about uh, the events of September 11, 2001? Did this have any effect, uh, negative or positive, when it comes to organized crime? 
Um, well, initially, uh, there was, uh, you know, uh, as with any type of situation like that, there's usually a knee-jerk reaction. And people, you know, in law enforcement, uh, aviation security, but also in the criminal underworld, uh, kind of just laid low. I mean, they just, well, I should say the, 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 the mafia laid low mm-hmm. and the uh, aviation security and law enforcement stepped up. So there was a, a worry about how we, you know, the normal channels of, um, of, of, of distri- distribution were, were fractured in 9-11, not just because of the Twin Towers coming down, mm-hmm. but just the whole security apparatus in New York, airports, city, everything was changing and nobody knew where it was going to go. And so, yes, um, you know, I mean, it, uh, I don't know, people who were in New York City at the time during 9-11, it was very hard all of a sudden. It was almost next to impossible to get to get any marijuana um, in New York City. And that was mainly because people were afraid to bring it in at that point, you know. And um, Silvio at that time, um, he's, he kind of saw that as an opportunity to fill the void. And um, in fact, his boss, actually their, their office was close enough to the Twin Towers that it actually was covered in debris and was pretty right. much destroyed and uh, itself. And there was quite enough or quite a significant supply of, of, of Bud in a safe in the office. And uh, Sylvia wasn't in the office when it occurred, but his boss was and uh, his assistants, and they basically had to get crawl out of there. It took hours and hours. They didn't even bother with the safe. Hmm. And, and Silvio, quite frankly, had the crazy idea to go in. He knew the combination, and he went in and grabbed it. So he had enough with him. He had hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of bud. And he was the only one working. And he also memorized the list, the list, quote, unquote. The list is, you know, everybody that they deliver mm-hmm. to uh, marijuana to normally. It's a delivery service. And he had it, he had it memorized. So... And the, the 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 most amazing part about it, Rob, is that all the customers sided with Silvio when this whole event happened. weren't very happy with this this customer service with other um, delivery drivers, mm-hmm. as well as the boss himself, who was called the chief and was in the Irish mob. And so basically, it was almost like a coup d'état and a bloodless coup d'état. And Silvio took over. And that was really his moment. And uh, he set up a uh, in the fall of 2001. He set up a uh, distribution, um, uh, uh, I guess, uh, wholesale distribution uh, with the Oneida Eight Nation in upstate New York and Canada. And that's where he most of what he got was indica from uh, Vancouver. Wow! Listen, since you hung around the. The Ganja Godfather. I'm sure he was known to federal law enforcement agencies. Were you yourself ever under surveillance by the FBI? Um, not that I know of. Um, not not with this book. Mm-hmm. I've I've been monitored at other times, uh, particularly with ambushed. Um, I mean, I. Uh, but no, so far it's been pretty. It's been it's there's been nothing. No way to be. At any, um, at, was, at any time, ahead. have you ever felt that your life was in danger for what you know and what you've written about? Um, with the Ganja Godfather or yeah. ambushed? <laughs> Ganja Godfather. Well, yeah. Uh, 
you know, honestly, yes, I was, uh, I was my, in, in my own head, I was a little worried that maybe, maybe Silvio would change his mind. You know, he might smoke a blunt and get paranoid and, mm-hmm. you know, he'll say, you know, this, Toby knows too much and yeah. we gotta, we gotta get, you know, gotta do something about it. Maybe one of his family members might say something, you know? So yes, it was always, it was always in the back of my mind and I, I expressed it to my girlfriend at the time. And the irony of it all was, is that, as paranoid as I was yeah. about them, they were as cool as uh, you know, as cool as cucumbers with me. So it was, uh, it was, it was, you know, it, their lifestyle they're used to. So for me, it was more of an acclimation process. For them, it was just what they do on a day-to-day basis, and it was just having a journal. If anything, I think they enjoyed it, having a journalist around documenting what they do. Do you think that over the years, organized crime has uh, received a bum rap? Um, uh, no, <laughs> if anything, I think they, maybe they get away with too much. I mean, there's so many, th- it's just, it, it's so, um, it, it, it's so vast yeah. and it's so, it, it's so right in front of it. If you just, I mean, it, it, it once you know the, the pieces of the puzzle, it's mm-hmm. incredible when you look at it, like, how do they get away with this? You know, the things they do, stealing stuff from billionaires, credit cards, um, hustling people, um, you know, who can't afford, they want to open up businesses in New York and they can't afford construction, um, you know, the legal way. So they, 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 they deal, deal through him, uh, through the, through the God, uh, Ganja Godfather's family. You know, it, it's, um, it's an amazing thing. And it's something that's been going on since, since the late 19th century in New York. Going back over all the work you've done for your book, The Ganja Godfather, was there any time or any circumstance that you were witness to where you said, my God, this is totally opposite to what the perception of organized crime is really about? Like, were there any good moments? Of course, yes. And that's the... um you know, and I've heard about this about other uh, mafia figures or even uh, even bosses, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm not here to tout this. Uh, um, you know, they are they are criminals. Sure. They, 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 you know, but yes, um, they're very generous. I mean, not all, but the one at least what what I experienced and what I've read about John Gotti in particular, um, they're very generous with their money and they donate to charity and they do all mm-hmm. kinds of things. They help little old ladies pay the rent. Or give to uh, Silvio gives to um, environmental causes. He's a big environmentalist, and uh, you know he walks around the streets of New York in a leather overcoat, but he's really concerned about the whales in the South Seas and gives money to those uh, to those guys. You know the whale watchers wow. and all that. So you know he also gives free um, he gives free um, uh, 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 bud to a, a collective where it's free. It's offered for free in New York City for AIDS patients as well. So, you know, there, there are, there are, there's like within, like, even like, I guess with the Clinton family, there's, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of shadiness going on, but you know, they do a lot of good as well. Well, we'll never know know about the Clinton family because Hillary uh, cleaned her server. So I guess all that information (laughs) is good. Uh, Tell me, uh, you've raised my interest about your book, Ambushed, Secrets of the Bush Family. Tell me a bit about Mm -hmm. that. Well, it was my first book. Um, solo book and um, took me a few years to do. Uh, I was very young at the time. I was uh, 28 when I started writing it. And uh, it was really just, I um, 
throughout the night, ever since Bush was elected in 88, I was uh, very uh, interested in the, you know, inner workings of the Bush family and the Bush presidency. This is before the internet. So this is like clipping out news articles and filing them. And um, I, you know, I realized after doing an incredible amount of research, basically the entire extent of the Clinton administration, I knew, and I told people this, and I mentioned this in that book, is that I believe the Bush family was going to avenge their loss in 92, and that one of the members of the Bush family was going to come up and run for president in 2000. Right. <laughs> so I spent the entire Clinton, two terms of the Clinton administration, researching the Bush family. And uh, in 2004, uh, what everything that I discovered, things that I found in the news, but also things I found out um, infiltrating the Bush family, I put in there as well, which is what I did in 1997 and 1998, uh, which is another story in of itself. <laughs> wow. What was the uh, feedback that you received from the... Uh, I, from the Bush family about your book, I'm sure somebody must have read it or they found oh, they out were not about pleased. it. I actually, I, they called the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. and had the Wall Street. This is a true story. The Wall Street Journal um, went after me. Uh, looked through everything in my background. They went also went after my father uh, as well, um, who's an attorney in New York City. And uh, my my father got audited uh, several times and actually. He's a tax attorney in New York, which right. is kind of funny. Um, and uh, they, uh, there were some death threats too. Um, I don't know how, you know, how ingrained the Bush family was involved in those. The worst, the, the big thing I heard is that uh, um, I, I'm trying to remember this. This is a long time ago, but I believe Bush, threw, the president, when he heard about some of the stories in the New York Post, he threw his glasses or something and broke something in the Oval Office. Got really heated, um, so and uh, I, I actually not a, uh, I wasn't threatened by, but Scott Mc, M- Scott McLean uh, Bush's uh, right hand guy during the two thousand campaign kind of said, you know, you better watch what you do, you know, and better be careful. Um, but uh, it was really hard to tell, other than one death threat in particular that was pretty egregious. It was hard. The, the death threats that came in were kind of. It was hard to really tell what was what, mm-hmm. you know. So, so I don't know how much was could have it was just organic or you know just some crazed individual, or if it was um, it was something that they were orchestrating. It was probably a little bit of both, is what, what I would guess. What was the biggest bombshell that you dropped in your book, ambushed? In, in ambush? Yeah. You know the the biggest bombshell in ambush didn't get any attention. Um, everything that the media focused on around the globe was. The cocaine story, and uh, I had a had a big role in the in the whole cocaine story prior to Bush's presidency um, in 2000, but um, and before Ambushed was published. But within Ambushed, I the thing that I thought that was um, the thing that that was most interesting, and it didn't get picked up by the media or the 9/11 uh, truthers, as they call themselves, was the fact that, and this is a fact that the Bush administration had and the Bush had members of the advanced staff at Ground Zero during 9/11. It's not in the 9/11 commission report. It was um, it's nowhere uh, I me and a um, reporter a, a reporter from uh, the Lond- Sunday Times of London and myself uh, tried to get information from the White House and had no luck. 
they wouldn't even say no comment. They said, uh, we're not going to talk about this. And uh, um, it was kind of interesting because the, the advanced staff is really the staging of the, of the White House events. Um, they have an interesting role, the advance office. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have any satellite offices anywhere in the country or the world. Um, they're centrally located in the White House. And um, they are involved in all the planning of any presidential event, public event, uh, or first lady. And that means security, lighting, who's wearing what, where's the sun setting, where are the media going to be, all of that stuff. And here they were right at ground zero. And um, wasn't just me who's making this assertion, but also uh, John Slattery, who recently just passed away of uh, CBS News um, in New York. Yes. And um, um, it, it was just covered up completely. Uh, I was shocked that it wasn't in the commission report um, when that was published in 2004. Maybe it's classified. I, I don't know. Let me ask you this. What do you think happened on September the 11th, 2001? Um, uh, personally, I, I would... I would get. I mean, if you're asking me, do I believe that if the if the state if the if the, if the U.S. government knew about it, I would guess that there were probably several members of the U.S. government that were aware it was going to take place. I would uh, certainly in the White House. I would mm-hmm. say Dick Cheney would be in that loop. Um, Rumsfeld, maybe George W. Bush, but maybe not too. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but I think the inner circle of who would know something like that would be pretty thin, you know, or pretty, pretty uh, small. Um, and I don't think that it was some kind of massive state thing that it did itself. So um, you, you, I, think you don't... I didn't I was very leery of uh, the whole uh, the uh, demolition theories, yeah. too. Uh, I didn't I, I never really subscribed to any of that uh, or the whole uh, Israeli conspiracy mm-hmm. theories you hear floating around. I actually had a good friend who was Jewish who died in um, the windows of the world that day who was Jewish from Scarsdale, New York. Uh-huh. And I dedicated the book to him, actually. So the the, the, the concept that there was nobody that was Jewish yeah. there, they were in, that's all um, propaganda. Let me ask you this. You're, you're an investigative journalist. You deal with fact. Why do you think so many people today are putting conspiracy cover-up spins on practically everything that is reported in the news. Mm, you know, I, <laughs> that's a good question. I guess it, it, it generates clicks, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in this Internet age. Um, I, I think also you could make the case that maybe there's a lot of disinformation that's coming out there, you know. Could be, yeah. And, you know, the every, we could just take the – we could take the Kennedy assassination as a microcosm. Yeah. You know, all the the Umbrella Man, the ice bullets, uh, you know, maybe, maybe even the grassy knoll. Yeah. Um, you know, was was that all was that all uh, real or is that just, you know, disinformation from the Central Intelligence Agency too? You know, it's hard to tell. Toby, stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exonation. Toby Rogers is our guest this hour. He's the author of The Ganja Godfather, the untold story of New York City's weed kingpin. And The Ganja Godfather is available at Amazon.com. Don't forget, the Exxon is available 724-365 at www.exxonradiotv.com. And to see what we're up to on Exxon TV... 
just visit the website, exxonetv.com. My name is Rob McConnell, Toby Rogers, and I will return on the other side of this break. Don't go away. What if someone told you you could live to be 120? Would you believe him? What if he told you the Bible guaranteed it? All you needed to do was follow his rules and buy his products. Would you do it? What if you invested 20 years of your life in him? What if he tested his substances on your child? What if your child became brain damaged as a result? Meet Dr. Tyler Belknap, a fast-talking Texas admin turned health guru. At the helm of a vast health food and supplement empire, he has established himself as the authority on nutrition and longevity. But what his followers don't know is that his products are laced with bizarre psychoactive substances from genetically modified plants developed in his very own secret lab. No wonder his customers can't stop using them. Tyler Belknap will stop at nothing to keep his edge in the market even if it means experimenting on children. Chasing 120, a story of food, faith, fraud, and the pursuit of longevity, a novel from the pen of political cartoonist Monty Wolverton, is an easy and entertaining read full of rich characters and intrigue. It hits home in a world filled with all kind of hucksterism and offers a glimpse of what can happen when GMO technology falls into the wrong hands. Chasing 120 by Monty Wolverton. Get your copy today at www.ptm.org forward slash 120 or on Amazon.com. Nita Hitcock is an expert in exorcisms, psychic warfare, soul healing, angelology, soul retrieval, demonology, energy healing, long distance healing, astral healing, and much more. Nita is an interfaith minister because she believes all gods and goddesses are valid and that they are part of one divine force that is incomprehensible to us who are incarnated upon this earth. Nita has been doing astral healing, distant healing, spirit release, exorcism, house cleansing and blessings, soul restoring and revival, psychic vampire removal and curse removal, and much more for over 40 years. For more information or to contact Nita Hickok, visit her website at www.astralhealer.com. That's www.astralhealer.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. 
That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Toby Rogers is my guest this hour explanation. We're talking about Toby's new book entitled The Ganja Godfather, The Untold Story of New York City's Weed Kingpin. And um, Toby also got me very interested in his first book entitled Ambush, Secrets of the Bush Family. Uh, if you'd like to get a copy of The Ganja Godfather, Amazon.com is a place to go. And is uh, Ambushed available on Amazon.com as well? I believe so. Sometimes it's a dollar. Sometimes it's a eighty dollars. I guess it depends on how, <laughs> what, you know. Uh, but you can also go to trynday.com. I believe you can get some there oh, super. Uh, as well as the Ganja Godfather. Um, you can get it at trynday.com. Speaking uh, trynday.net. I apologize. It's okay. Uh, speaking about, it's funny you said .net and your publicist sent us .com. Okay. Oh. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it is. <laughs> Let's just go to Amazon.com. I don't want to second-guess my publicist, yeah. so maybe check either or. All right, tell me. We've got about uh, three minutes left, Toby. First of all, thanks very much for coming on the show. Congratulations on your second great book. Um, quick question. The Mafia's role in the making of The Godfather. What's the story behind the story? That's an excellent question. I'm glad we got into that. Uh, the Eboleaf crime family itself had a had an intricate role in the making of The Godfather, and um, what it entailed is that uh, Al Literary, uh, who played uh, uh, the Turk Salazzo um, in the book in The Godfather, uh, her, her his uh, sister married uh, Patsy Ebley, who was brothers with Tommy Ebley. And Tommy Ebley in 1971 was uh, now boss of the Genovese crime family because uh, Vito Genovese had passed away in jail mm -hmm. in 1969. So in 1969, Tommy took over Genovese crime family. Yeah, Al, Al had to actually get permission from Tommy to, to take the role, and he asked, and Tommy said, sure. Um, Al Literati ended up bringing several members of the cast and crew to the Ebley family house, Patsy Ebley's house in Fort Lee, New Jersey. And they went down into the basement and had uh, Italian dishes. And then later, um, Al Pacino uh, came back to the house uh, several days later and practiced uh, his Italian with um, Patsy Ebley uh, in the very same basement uh, for the scene in, in Louis' uh, uh, restaurant in the Bronx. Uh, and, and Patsy Ebley was actually on the set. Wow! At the time, fascinating. And uh, this is this story has been in the uh, mafia, uh, I guess, mythology for decades. And um, Vanity Fair did do a piece on it as well. They completely embellished everything. Uh, uh, that particularly the point that Marlon Brando was present at this at this at these gatherings and was not. Um, uh, I, this uh, the several sources from in the family told me they would love. To have said Marlon Brando came to their house and had dinner with their family, but it's it's embellished BS, and it was particularly on the sources for Vanity Fair's story that that did it for monetary reason. All right, and you, ironically, I'm you sorry. want to hear a funny story? Yeah, please. Timer. Yeah, we've got about forty seconds. Uh, Vanity Fair was planning on running this, an excerpt from this until they found out about this, and then they pulled it because. They didn't want my book to be promoted by them, basically saying hmm. that they embellished a story. 
So there you go, Rob. <laughs> Toby, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations, my friend. Great talking to you. Um, thank you. Ambush is the first book, The Ganja Godfather, the second book, and we'll look forward to the third book. Toby, take care. Yep. Looking forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you very much, Rob. My great pleasure. Exonation Toby Rogers has been our guest this hour. He's the author of The Ganja Godfather, The Untold Story of New York City's Weed Kingpin. It's available along with Ambush, Secrets of the Bush Family at Amazon.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can listen to the X-Zone 724-365 at www.xzoneradiotv.com.